The Deal with Yield is a podcast series covering the issues that matter most in crop production. Tune in to episodes on iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Tweet any question you have for the hosts with the hashtag DealWithYield or email them at host at dealwithyield.com for the chance to hear their response. Welcome to The Deal with Yield. And joining us today, Kyle Reiner, Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor, and Jason Hansen, Winfield Agronomist, to talk about all things wheat. Jason, what did you see in your spring wheat territory of North Dakota? You know, it wasn't too bad. I guess from a yield standpoint, our biggest challenge was probably late in the season. After probably the 5th, 6th of July, we started getting tremendous amount of rains that really inhibited some things. But yields were fairly decent. Proteins were probably low to average, which is kind of what you expect when you get high yields. Probably overall, worldwide yields are up, and so prices are depressed. So economically, it's been challenged, but agronomically, it was a pretty good year for wheat. What did you see as far as maybe weeds, disease, or emergence issues? I would say from an emergence standpoint, we started out with a very dry spring. I mean, that was uh, everybody called it the drought of 16. If it was no-till then, it looked pretty good. If it was anything that was worked this year, where you had a, a spring anhydrous pass, if you had a harrow tooth, if you had anything you went out to work stuff with, it was tougher emergence, and you saw that all through the season. But uh, the middle part of the year was uh, fairly decent, and then we just got into some weather that affected us late. Our weed challenge was probably kosher this year. We've had some challenges with that weed that we've had to deal with. And from a disease standpoint, we ended up in some areas with a lot of fusarium head blight. So people had to manage around that. And uh, for the most part, if you did, it, it wasn't too bad. But a lot of things got masked because of the late rainfalls that we had. What did you see as far as uh, some of the efforts of farmers in your territory when it comes to taking strides to get an increase in yield potential or quality? Probably a couple things that showed up this year was people that I've talked to, it was more of a move probably on two things. One was the addition of ammonium sulfate into the production plan as far as another nutrient and then more top dressing or split applications of the nitrogen. In those cases, there was usually a yield increase or there was protein improvement in both of those situations. Those are things that people are probably taking from other crops like corn and implementing that into wheat. So, Jason, sitting here looking at where the market started to where they are today, did that change any mindsets of the growers as far as the management structure on the wheat? You went ahead and planted and uh, got a tremendous amount of rain up there the way it sounds. Did anybody do any supplemental nitrogen, or do you think that was a limiting factor with the low protein? I think it was limiting. If you didn't put it on up front, then if you put it on after, say, three, four leaf, that's where people were seeing this bump, but very few people were going after it because of the rain. Wheat's a tough crop to get people in the mentality that once you fall on hydrus or spring urea or spring on hydrus, there's very few people that will go out and add 10, 15 gallons, 28% as a top dress just because they got extra rain or they got 
chasing protein premium or something like that. It's kind of some of the mentality of the crop, but some guys that are doing that, they're trying it by not front-loading everything, seem to be getting some yield responses. Crapland now has wheat, right? Looking at splitting fields, trying to push the yield, did you have many guys that split the field into different applications, or can you give me some, some stories of guys that done it and seen some good yield advantages coming off it? So probably I would say cropland springweed varieties are some very good, high-yielding type of genetics in there. And so when we brought that stuff to it, to the market, then you've got to look at probably it isn't the genetics as much as it's how you're going to manage those genetics to try to get what you want. And everybody wants high yield and high pro. And you're kind of going against the grain there somewhat. So how can you get do stuff to not have low pro? And some of the situations where people were out, say, top dressing, I've heard anywhere from, you know, seven to probably nine bushel advantage for doing a top dress. And instead of being in the uh, upper 12s or low 13s for protein, you're probably pushing mid to upper 14s. So that's in how depressed the wheat market is right now. If you can get any protein premium on stuff and maintain bushels, it's okay. You're hopefully not in a losing situation. I had one example that I did this year, and, and we don't grow much wheat down here, Jason, as you know, but I took a field that uh, it was a quarter of the guy who decided he wanted to tile the field out, and economically he, he knew it wasn't probably his best venture out there, but he split a field, and and we'd get him talked into putting a little bit more nitrogen out there and, uh, and a fungicide application along with the copper in with a spray solution and and we had around that nine to ten bushel on that we had some problems with the with the drill because it doesn't get used every year so that was one of the issues but other than that it it showed you can visually see the difference yeah you know we we have some data that came out of our answer plots in uh, 2015 for that copper treatment that looked very promising to me we're trying to get people to look at possibly that third fungicide application which you wouldn't think in a spring wheat situation, that's where you'd want to be. But if you're going out early with herbicide, we're looking at a response to fungicide data set at that flag leaf timing. And then uh, most guys are doing a, like a Prasaro, a Carumba, an onset application rate at flowering to manage scab. So if you're going to do that, keep the plant greener and photosynthesize, then your fertility has to match up. So, there was some work we did with a third-party company that there was a relationship there between fertility and fungicide. So if you're serious about it and you're going to put the time in, yeah, you can make it work. There's no doubt about it. So as you think uh, this year's complaint calls versus past years, obviously we don't usually get calls out there to say, hey, come look at the, the best weed I've ever grown, right? It's usually, why is my weed not coming out of the ground, or what disease is this, or, or how do I fix this situation? Do you see yourself more complaint calls this year, and if so, what might they be? I personally didn't have very many calls and complaints on wheat. If there was anything, it was probably burning that happened with uh, timing of the mixture that was going out just the amount of active ingredients that they put on during weather conditions. I had some screenshots of people from a yield standpoint that were very pleased with some things. So I didn't have any complaints on products like genetics or performance-wise. Most of it was probably just a, when it was time to start harvesting, we couldn't put three days together without getting rain. Most people in my geography 
spend eighty thousand dollars on a new set of tracks on your combine so they could go through water to combine wheat. So if you didn't have rear wheel assist, if you didn't have tracks, it's going to take a long time. There was people that left crop out there and burnt it in some situations. So you're spending an extra eighty thousand on down year just to get your crop off. <laughs> It's kind of a tough deal. I mean, we guys in my area this year, was just a fight. Last year was so easy, and this year it was the exact opposite. I think of the years like in 2009, 2010, when I was up in the valley up by Fargo, and and the water was so deep, and we were cutting beans and cutting wheat, and they'd get to the headlands, and they'd have be pushing a big wave the whole way, and then you had to pick up your header before the water came back out of the ditch so you didn't take a big old scoop full of water. So I can see that it's probably the same situation there. When I look at growing up, my dad used to do some wheat and a little bit of oats, but uh, we just pulled it out of a bin. You know, now we're talking high-yielding stuff. What's the disadvantages of pulling out of the bin, and what kind of issues could you have? The main one we're going to have this year is going to be seed quality because if you've got any fusarium head blight infection, that is going to impact, one, germination. More importantly, it's going to affect vigor. So that seed is not probably not going to be anywhere near close to anything certified you're going to buy. Even if you go through and have someone come in and clean it for you and you run it through and, and you get it in condition, germ and vigor are two different things. So that's something that someone's going to have to watch out for. This year with uh, some of the things that we had a lot of bacterial diseases because we had a lot of big storms with this water I'm talking about. So that is going to be an infestation that's going to happen now on seed. So if you want to reuse that seed back on those acres, you're going to reintroduce that back in there. So in certain varieties took it a lot better and some it was a lot worse. So those are some of the things I'm going to talk to people about. It's like, I know it's more expensive, but if you want the toxic genetics and you want to raise yields to stay profitable, we're going to have to look at that, particularly with the disease situation we have this year. So I know uh, our aphid run down here on soybeans was kind of variable across, depending on where you're all at in the world. Close to the rivers of Buckthorn, you had more of it. But did you have any kind of cereal aphid pressure up there, or army worms or anything like that that come in on wheat that you weren't expecting? No, from an insect year, we had some cereal aphids that showed up probably late heading. This was a surprising because we had such an early start to the year that I anticipated we have probably an earlier jump, and we didn't. Every year is different, but this year it wasn't too bad, so we didn't have the army worms like we had last year. Everything I heard or the calls I got was almost non-existent. Jason, thank you. Jason Hansen, Winfield Agronomist, and Kyle Reiner, Winfield Master Agronomy Advisor, on The Deal with Yield. For additional episodes of The Deal with Yield, visit iTunes, My Farm Radio, and thedealwithyield.com. Tweet any question you have for the hosts with the hashtag DealWithYield.